And with that, the Trump presidency is wrapping up, coming to an end. Donald Trump has left the White House. He gave his final remarks. Fine. I got no issues with it. Uh, He said it was an honor of a lifetime. Melania said, bless your families. They said, bless this country. And uh, with respect, thank you, Mr. President, for the past four years. And uh, have a nice day. Have a nice rest of your life, whatever you may do in the future. I'm glad that we are moving past this calmly and rationally, at least at this point. Except I can't I can't say that for the media. CNN's already calling him a liar, calling it puffery, insulting him, saying he's disgracing the office with his remarks. And I'm just like, dude, shut up. I'm so sick of it. But I can't say this. As it all winds up and comes to an end, I'm looking forward to the demise of these corporate media machines that won't exist without a Trump to rag on, which is why they're trying to squeeze out the very last drop of orange man bad Trump derangement syndrome on his way out. Now, my friends, I have some criticisms from the, for the president because on his way out, he issued a series of pardons and commutations that I think were just a slap in the face to his supporters. And boy, the Q people must be freaking out right now. Well, I don't know. Those people seem to trust the plan, no matter what the plan is, even if the plan apparently is Joe Biden will be president and run this country. Sure. In Trump's list of commutations and pardons was a series of just really awful people. And absent from that list, Julian Assange, reality winner, Edward Snowden. And I just... I, you know, I, I believe it. I, I almost expected this to happen because you will never get you will never get a leader who stands tall and says no to the establishment who says F you and does the right thing. Instead, what you get is someone on his way out bending the knee saying, please just let me live. I don't want to ruffle any feathers anymore. Donald Trump has left the White House. And he has and, and, and he and he didn't didn't do he, he didn't have the strength, I suppose. The reporting is that senators were talking to him or that Trump's advisor said, look, they're, they've impeached you. They're going to convict you. And that if you pardon Assange or Snowden or any of these people, then they'll convict you. Right. And, and, and play ball, play ball. Maybe they'll leave you alone. You've lost. You've lost the war. They're not going to leave him alone. I think they still might convict him, especially now that he's out and without power, they might still convict him. I'm not entirely sure, though. But if the Senate convicts Trump, it would stop him from running again. And they don't want him to run again. And Trump said he would run again. There was a video that came out where he was having like some dinner and he said, you know, it was after the election. We're trying really hard. We're going to we're, we might not get it. But if we don't, we'll see you in 2024. Will we now? No, they're going to impeach. Well, I'm sorry. They've already impeached on insurrection and they're going to convict. Well, okay, slow down. They may convict. I don't think they're going to give Trump any leeway. They hate the man. The Republicans hate the man. The Democrats hate the man. And he couldn't just give us one thing on the way out. Now, my respect to the man for trying to pull the troops out of the Middle East, that I thought was very important. That's why I voted for the guy. My respect for the executive order on critical race theory. It did seem like a lot of the things that Trump was doing that were good came from Tucker Carlson, which is kind of funny. Um, Of course, you know, Tucker, Trump, any one of these people far from perfect and, you know, worthy of criticism themselves. But there were some good things that came out of the Trump presidency, notably with a great economy up until covid. I know the the left likes to claim all of these covid deaths are Trump's fault. and That's ridiculous. We live in a, a, a union of states. The states have control over their jurisdictions and things like that. But I just wish I just wish for once in my life 
I could have seen someone buck the system. Okay, I know, I know. Donald Trump was fighting the establishment the whole time, but he could have just, he could have just on the way out, just on the way out, taking a dump on the floor of the deep state. He just couldn't do it, could he? But he pardoned a bunch of nasty people. Well, let me give you the formal reporting. Trump leaves the White House for final time as president. President Trump left the White House for a final time on Wednesday, just before 8.15 a.m., taking Marine One to Joint Base Andrews, where he delivered a farewell speech to supporters. Trump told reporters it has been a great honor to serve as president and said he just wanted to say goodbye as he departed the White House with First Lady Melania Trump, adding he hoped it wouldn't be a long goodbye. All the trust the plan people are probably saying, well, it was a great honor because he still holds the honor title and goodbye means goodbye to to Biden. That's right. There's going to be some excuse as to why Trump's still not 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 done or not leaving. I'm sorry. The man lost. And that's why I really wanted him to pardon Julian Assange. I wanted to see the crack in the system. I wanted to see someone on the way out say no. And just do it. But they, he couldn't do it. He couldn't. And the reality is, Trump was not what the media claimed he was. And he still is not what the media claimed he was. He was a, I believe, a fairly average president all around. And in terms of the things I care about, actually, on the positive, you know, rather good. I think there's a lot of bad things about his presidency, the way he spoke. I wish he just wouldn't tweet. And, I, you know, he really should have learned to, to deal with the media a lot better. But the troops in the Middle East, that, that, that those moves, trying to get our troops out of Syria, getting our troops out of, out of Afghanistan and Iraq, I respected and appreciated that. Didn't appreciate his attitude. Didn't appreciate a lot of the stuff he did early on. You'll notice that I wasn't a big Trump supporter very early on. No, I ragged on the guy quite a bit. And the issue was, I mean, look, take a look at his early years and his campaigns, uh, his camp, the, the things he had during his campaign is bombastic and inflammatory. And I wasn't a fan. But a couple of years in and, you know, he started to make the right moves like firing John Bolton. That guy is a warmonger. I just um, um, it feels like Trump was sitting there and we are we were hanging on by a few fingers and he could have just signed a pardon for some of these people, the people that mattered. He could have done something impactful. He could have pardoned. He could have pardoned nonviolent drug offenders, you know, on like pot charges. I talked about that over and over, but he just couldn't do it. Why? Why won't anyone do it? We all want it to happen. The left and the right. There are people in prison who shouldn't be in prison. Let's say you don't like Julian Assange or Edward Snowden. I'm not the biggest Snowden fan, but I, I lean towards him deserving a pardon. I am not the biggest Julian Assange fan, but he definitely deserved a pardon. And then there's questions about reality winner. And I think a whistleblower, give her the pardon. He just couldn't do it. But what about all of these people in prison on pot charges? It was 140, 70 pardons, 70 commutations. Got Steve Bannon a pardon. I think that, you know, people are complaining about Lil Wayne getting a pardon. I actually, I'm fine with that. And, and Steve Bannon, I'm actually fine with that too. The Trump supporters who donated to Bannon for the build the wall thing don't care that some guy got paid. And I think that's kind of crazy that they, they were going after him. So I don't care about Bannon getting a pardon. I don't, I, I, I don't care about Lil Wayne getting a pardon. I just wish for once somebody would say F you. I get it. I get it. Trump did quite a bit. But this was his last hurrah, his last ride. Let me show you what's going on. Well, they, well, there's a little bit more. They say Trump is skipping the inauguration of Joe Biden in a break with historic tradition. He will lead. He will head to his private Mar-a-Lago residence in Florida following his remarks at Andrews. Vice President Pence. 
Other former presidents and officials will be in attendance to witness Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris being sworn in. There's still the, the fears of what's going to happen in D.C. There's still fears about security issues. So, you know, I really do hope today goes off without a hitch. I absolutely despise Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, but I despise like every other president. Uh, I dislike Donald Trump in a lot of ways, but I was glad he was doing some things that I thought were good. I, I have said before that I think Trump was probably the best president of my lifetime. And that's because no new wars. Yeah, a bad couple of fir- uh, f- the, the first few years were pretty bad some improvements later on. And so I, I feel like that's just way better than Obama and Bush and Clinton. And uh, I guess technically I was alive for, you know, Bush senior, but not like I remember that. I, I, I'm just disappointed, man. Well, l- l- let me show you what's going on and give you a breakdown of some of what's happening with these pardons. So we have this big list, right? The press secretary put out this statement. President Donald J. Trump granted pardons to 73 individuals and commuted the sentences of additional of an additional 70 individuals. Now, I'm not going to go through this whole list, but Brett, Brett McDonald has put together some. And he says the entire list, the entire list is an insult. Could have pardoned Assange, man. Well, I can't say I'm surprised. I know there's a lot of diehard Trump supporters who probably are mad that he didn't do it because even Tucker Carlson pleaded with Trump, do this, pardon this man. Couldn't do it. Brett says Trump pardoning a foreigner who came to this country to convince Americans to spy for Israel. Aviem Sella was indicted in 1986 for espionage and related to the Jonathan Pollard case. Mr. Sella's request for clemency is supported by the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, Israeli Ambassador to the United States, Ron Dermer, the U.S. Ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, and Miriam Adelson. The state of Israel has issued a full and unequivocal apology and has requested the pardon in order to close this unfortunate chapter in U.S.-Israel relations. An actual spy. An actual spy. Julian Assange, no. Journalism be damned. One of the last few journalists on this planet. Not for him. Trump, a man who ragged on the fake news for four or five years, could not give the one guy, the one guy. I'm bummed about it. You can tell, man. Now, look, I'll be honest with you. I, I know it's kind of frustrating that this this actual spy is getting a pardon. I understand it. It's about improving relations with Israel. They he was he was caught. Israel wants the dude to be released. So I get that. Armed bank robbery? Are you are you kidding me? Moncho Eugene Vernon. He was sentenced. To, he served 19 years in prison for committing a string of armed bank robberies in Greenville, South Carolina. Evidence showed that uh, numerous of these offenses involved him carrying BB guns rather than genuine firearms. While incarcerated, Mr. Vernon has worked steadily, programmed well, and recovered from a bout of cancer. I look. I know Brett saying the whole list is an insult. I I don't think so. Bank robberies. I don't like banks. <laughs> but you know, look, 19 years. I do think our prison systems are are are, are extremely harsh, and we need some reform. And this guy might be reformed. You know, there's no point in having someone just rot in prison for the rest of their lives, in my opinion, if they can be reformed. Prison should be about rehabilitation. And if people show that they have been, and there's an opportunity to have them, you know, return to normal life, then, then, then I can respect that. Now, Brett says the commutations are marginally better than the pardons. So he goes on to say that Michael Harris operated a massive cocaine empire that generated $2 million in profit per day and was sentenced to life for cons- uh, 25 to life for conspiracy to commit first degree murder. Yeah, that's the kind of person. 
What did Julian Assange do? Julian Assange ran an organization where he accepted leaks from various whistleblowers and individuals and then published them. They would redact any information that could put people at risk. And he warned the State Department when there were potential leaks that that, uh, were being published that put them at risk. Now, WikiLeaks didn't put that unredacted, uh, uh, those unredacted documents out. No, that was someone else. I don't get it. I really don't get it. At the end of the day, Trump just 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 dropped to his knee. He bent his knee for the for the deep state, for the establishment. I guess he was saying, you know, he had four years of of power where they couldn't do much. They tried. They went after him heavily, but he was still the president. He tried to impeach him. Now that he's losing the power of the presidency, he knows that they will destroy him. And so he's saying, please, please don't hurt me. It's pathetic. Here we go. Brett McDonald says simple real estate investment fraud. Not so fast. Eli, uh, Eliyahu Weinstein defrauded investors out of $200 million. He's a repeat offender who defrauded investors out of millions during the Facebook IPO by offering them large blocks of shares he didn't have. Really, really amazing stuff. A CEO with a conflict of interest? No. John Eston Davis defrauded the U.S. Medicare program out of $4.6 million. All of these people. And you know what? You know what? Let me show you something else. David Begno, post, uh, uh, journalist, posted this, quote, I would like a pardon from the president of the United States. Dallas area realtor Jenna Ryan is the second D.C. riot participant to ask for one. She flew on a private jet to D.C. to stop the steal. FBI arrested her today. She says, I feel persecuted. She did not receive a pardon. And why would they? I, to be completely honest, I think I think Trump tolerated the Q people because they did support him and they were fervent supporters. But I don't think he liked them. You know, I think what you see from the media when they talk about Trump supporters is they view every single Trump voter as like a Q person. And so when they say you're in a cult or they say Trump doesn't care about you, they're referring to the small fringe group of people who believe the fringe conspiracies. Most Trump supporters are probably already moving on. If you actually follow prominent Trump supporters, they're like rolling their eyes. They're upset about the pardons. And they're saying, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out and we got to figure out a strategy, be successful, etc. The people who stormed the Capitol didn't help Trump. Why would Trump pardon them? In fact, they probably hurt him quite a bit. Because of what they did, Trump might now be convicted. I believe he'll be the first president to be impeached and convicted. And that would mean he cannot run for president again. So I don't think he likes you. And he's not going to be giving any of these people pardons. Well, he didn't give them pardons. So surprise, surprise. We have more. Reverend Donald says this guy. So this, this is another pardon. Elliot Bro- uh, Broidy. He was uh, convicted on one count of conspiracy to serve as an unregistered agent of a foreign principal. Quite amazing. This guy lobbied Trump's Justice Department on behalf of the Chinese and Malaysian governments. Very cool. Thanks for granting that person a pardon. This pardon looks like it was issued by the deep state itself. Like they went to Trump and said, you lost. It's over. Bend the knee. We've won. And here's the people who, who you can claim you've pardoned. It's nuts. I don't get why he just didn't pardon. I don't get it. Maybe he was uh, he was never the, the Caesar. The right thought he was. He was never the Hitler. The left thought he was like Mike Cernovich said he was just a Kardashian. And as he's leaving, he wants to give some of his buddies a, a, a pass, but not anything of consequence. And now we're going to go back to status quo. 
Joe Biden is going to become president. And one of the first things he's going to be doing is issuing a ton of executive orders. This is it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. Joe Biden's first act as president will be signing 15 executive orders, stopping the border wall. Now, to be honest, I don't really care about that. Trump's already bolstered security in the areas that needed it. The left wants to claim Trump didn't fulfill his promise because he didn't build 2000 miles of beautiful 30 foot concrete wall, sea to shining sea or whatever. They like to claim that Trump only built uh, areas where there was already fencing. What they don't tell you is that much of that fencing was broken and dilapidated, and those were the areas that needed security. Trump tripled the security in many instances, three, three layers at key areas where there is the most trafficking and drug stuff and, you know, th- things like that. You don't need a massive, big, beautiful wall. And what Trump supporters really wanted was border security to be increased. And Trump accomplished that. And, and, and he did very, very well. We saw the numbers. So Joe Biden stopping the border wall, I really don't care. Ordering a federal mask mandate. Also, honestly, I don't really care. I think the lockdowns, it's time to knock that off. I, I don't care about masks for the most part. Now, look, I live out in the middle of nowhere now. We finally got good internet. I'm excited about that. And boy, is it expensive. But uh, I, I, I don't care about masks. You know, to be honest, people who live in the city are the most impacted by this. So fine, sure, whatever. You want to live in a city and you want to live under Joe Biden's rules, go ahead and do it. Doesn't affect me where I live. Now, that being said, I empathize with the people who live under this stuff and don't like it. He's going to scrap the Muslim ban. That one I love. They put Muslim in quotes because it's actually a ban on seven countries. And the reason travel from these countries was because it includes North Korea and Venezuela. It was advice from the Obama administration. Look at look at how Joe Biden backpedals. So dumb. Rejoining the climate accord, I think, is also probably dumb because it's poorly negotiated. And we give way too much leeway, leeway to India and China. So you want to rejoin that? Maybe it's your opportunity to negotiate on what these other countries do and dissolve the anti-woke 1776 commission. Well, that was short lived. Joe Biden apparently is going to rescind Donald Trump's executive orders on critical race theory. So get ready, boys, because here we go. If you thought the culture war was bad three years ago and the videos we made about SJWs were fun and entertaining, well, congratulations, you're going to get a whole lot more of it. Only this time it's going to be in government. Well, it's going to be more in government. It's going to be everywhere in everything. And so, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to put hashtag resist and not my president in your bios? Because now it's your turn to resist Joe Biden and his woke agenda. And the and the, and the, the shocking reality, the scary reality is a tit for tat. That's what we're going to get. Now, Donald Trump got in office and he, you know, he, he went after a lot of what Obama did. Joe Biden's coming in and he's going to go after a lot of what Trump did. The establishment wants to erase the Trump presidency. They want to make him a mockery, a footnote. Uh, you know, he didn't start any new wars and he deserves all the credit in the world for that much. And the Abraham Accords, these peace agreements, tremendous, absolutely tremendous. And they'll try to erase that. They'll try to make it all about him being the worst of the worst, when in reality, he was slightly above average in terms of foreign policy and uh, domestic policy. And he was kind of just not a good dude. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of a bad guy. I don't mean a bad guy like he's a villain. I mean, like, he was just arrogant and snide and condescending and all that stuff, you know, a man of bad moral character, I suppose. And I've heard that from so many people. Well, we, we get it. We get it. My bigger concern now is the tit for tat. What happens in 2022? What happens in 2024? Are we going to have some kind of return to normalcy? I don't think so. I think we can expect things to escalate. And uh, I hope not. 
I really, I really hope not. The media has been the biggest driving factor in this escalation. Sure, we complain about cultural issues. We talk about, you know, social justice warriors and stuff like that. But when the media latches on and screams, when people like AOC build their base and get their donations, uh, demagoguing and demonizing, and Donald Trump does similar, you get this inflammation, you get this, this problem. Well, Trump's, Trump's going out, okay? Trump's lost his social media. Now it's incumbent upon Ocasio-Cortez and Cori Bush and the squad to knock off the, the escalation and the demagoguing. It is, a, it, is a, it, is a, it is now on CNN and MSNBC to drop it, but they can't. Their ratings depend on it. So what happens now? The media is going to be screaming at the top of their lungs, as they always have been. Only this time, Trump supporters, you will not have an advocate in the office of the presidency. You will truly be the resistance and you'll be the villains. You know, people like to look at stories, uh, Star Wars and things like that, where the rebels are the good guys. I assure you, they are not. They're not. The establishment would not allow the rebels to be portrayed as good guys. I like to, I, you know, I was watching, I've been watching a lot of Star Wars recently, just going back and watching the OG movies. And I like to imagine what the, what would really have been happening if there was a mass media apparatus during the Galactic Empire. Because they would say the rebels were villains and terrorists and traitors. And Darth Vader was a war hero who suffered catastrophic injury while defending galactic peace. That's the reality. So to all the people who are going to say no wars, who are going to defend Julian Assange, welcome to the real resistance. The media will call you traitors. They'll call you Trumpists. They'll say the, the, the curse of Trumpism won't leave. They'll call you Nazis and racists like they always have been. Only this time, there will be no one who has your back. You will be truly the odd person out in every stretch of the imagination. That is why I fear escalation. But we'll see how the rest of the day plays out. Um, at noon, is it's going to be the inauguration of Joe Biden. So um, we'll see how things go. I hope it goes off without a hitch. And I hope we can all move forward peacefully. And the next move for you know the people who oppose Joe Biden is to be peaceful, but persuasive and resourceful. You need to figure out how to win over hearts and minds. And, you, and, and it, look, the people who thought they were going to storm that Capitol and that was somehow going to give them power, it just it's ridiculous. Being in a building won't grant you anything. It's confidence, the confidence of the people. You must work to earn that. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been sworn in as president and vice president, as expected. You know, I did think for a period there was a slim chance that Donald Trump could pull off some triple Hail Mary and succeed. But this was early on after the election in November. Trump was filing lawsuits, making claims and allegations. And I thought if he succeeds in a few of these states, it might actually happen, though the chances were slim, single digits. Over time, I started to feel like it was a 99.999% chance Joe Biden was going to take this one, like a very, very tiny chance that Donald Trump could somehow pull off an electoral college flip, an alternate slate or something like that. But in the past several weeks, I've just been feeling like, look, Trump is up against the establishment machine by himself. Now, I know he has supporters, Trump supporters who still believe in him, but he was fighting against Republicans and Democrats. Mitch McConnell doesn't like Trump, and he's more than happy to see him go. We're upset, many people, that Donald Trump did not pardon Julian Assange or Snowden or Ross Ulbricht or Reality Winner. Instead, Steve Bannon and some other corrupt individuals, some of the pardons were fine. But the reason for this, it's being reported, is that Mitch McConnell essentially threatened Donald Trump. 
that if you do this, you will be convicted in the Senate or it's possible you will be. Why would Trump be worried about getting a conviction in the impeachment trial? It would mean that he couldn't run for president again. So my friends, if you thought the Trump era was over, you were wrong. The Trump era has only just begun. And it's only called the Trump era because Trump was the imperfect avatar of the anger that had been building up for quite some time. The sentiment, the rage, the passion had been there, had been growing since Occupy Wall Street, since before then. People were upset with the way the establishment politicians were running things. And eventually it was either Bernie Sanders or Trump. And Bernie went full establishment and many people switched and voted for Trump. They put him in because they wanted to buck the system. Well, the media campaign against Trump and the, and the battle with the establishment elites proved too much. And Trump has lost. He's leaving the White House. He's left the White House. But that doesn't mean it's over. Trump is now reportedly discussing setting up a third party, the Patriot Party, I think it's a good idea. Many of these Trump supporters, 90 plus percent of the people who voted for him, they're not Republicans. They, they don't support the Republican Party. And the Republicans have made a serious miscalculation if they think those people will just go and vote for them. Now, will this Patriot Party succeed? I believe they will. And that's why I believe Trump must take the, make this move now and rally people in time for 2022. I believe that if he does, they might actually win some congressional seats and listen it will be tremendously healthy for this nation to break away from this two-party system at least a little bit. The Republicans need to recognize that the establishment games they play will not work for much longer. The Democrats were able to co-opt, for the most part, people like Bernie Sanders and actually got, I'll call them faux progressives, cheering on the security state. I recently tweeted uh, um, with respect to Rashida Tlaib. Why? She said she was calling for no expansion of national security powers in the wake of the Capitol riots. And I agree, it's the correct thing to do. My respect to her for doing it. But there are still pseudo progressives cheering on 25,000 troops in D.C. demanding your papers if you want to get into the city. What comes next will be interesting. The media without the Trump boogeyman in the presidency will be looking for new targets. I think that we're going to start seeing this war on terror style ramping up of the rhetoric, which will potentially lead to some very serious escalation, which I'm very worried about. So I can say this. I don't like Joe Biden. I really don't like the man. I don't like what he represents. I don't like what he's done in, in office. I believe he's a crony, corrupt politician. But I will give him respect for calling to an end to the uncivil war for at least in his speech saying that politics doesn't need to be this blood sport where everything is about fire and anger. And I respect it. I don't want people to fight each other physically. We can fight with ideas and words, and that's the right way to do it. So I respect it. I do, even though I really, really don't like the guy. And I hope people realize we need to get back to persuasion and winning hearts and minds, and we can do it. And Trump and Trump supporters have this opportunity. The media, however, won't be letting things go. And politicians like Ocasio-Cortez are absolutely ramping up the rhetoric. So my respect to Rashida Tlaib, at the very least, for saying no to national security powers. But I still fear that these progressives like AOC, who do very similar things to Donald Trump, will continue to demagogue the, against the right, saying that they're the villains, they're the enemy. Vote for me and donate to me or else we need this to stop. But the media is going to do it. So let's talk a little bit about where we go from here and what's happening with Donald Trump saying he's not going anywhere. Before we get started, make sure you head over to TimCast.com, become a member so that in the event I get banned, 
I can still produce content and still have some kind of safety net. At this point, we have a decent amount of members, but not nearly enough to support the show, the Timcast IRL podcast, my work or the business. And I'm hoping that if we just get to a certain threshold, then we can actually expand the business and no longer fear getting banned by YouTube. It's a bad idea just to have all your eggs in one basket. And we need to get back to this idea of running your own website and being your own personality, your own individual and running your own business on platforms you control. And that's why I'm asking you, please go to TimCast.com, become a member and help provide that 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 safety net. Because look, my Facebook's already been restricted. The restrictions on it effectively ended that page. And many people who watched on Facebook will no longer see my videos. And many of them probably don't even realize it. So check that out. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read some of these stories. Now, you know, Joe Biden is now the president. I'm not saying we got to be happy about it. I'm not a fan of Joe Biden. But Donald Trump vows we will be back as he leaves White House after four years as president. Mr. Trump greeted by supporters in Florida, Florida, as he boycotts Joe Biden's inauguration ceremony. Now, the big news from yesterday is that Trump has talked to associates about forming a new political party. I want and encourage this. What I'd like to see is some kind of populist basic platform. I, I, I don't think it should be, uh, you know, a staunchly conservative platform. I think it should be welcoming of many populists on uh, uh, for uh, based, based on core principles, liberty, freedom, individuality. It may not attract all of the progressives who want things like Medicare for all probably won't or the people who pretend to be progressive and then support the establishment war machine. But at the very least, we can make something where we're welcoming to your middle of the road, center left types, your moderates, your centrists, your, your, your you know, right wingers uh, and your, your moderate right individuals. There's a lot we agree on. We don't like the endless foreign wars. We don't like big bank bailouts and corporate welfare. There's a lot of things we can do. We want criminal justice reform. We want nonviolent drug offenders to be pardoned. We want people like Assange to be pardoned. Let's focus on it. Well, let's see what the story says. The Hill reports President Trump has reportedly floated the possibility of starting a new political party as he prepares to leave the White House amid internal struggles with the Republican Party. The Wall Street Journal reported on Tuesday that Trump had discussed the matter with associates in the last week, suggesting he would call it the Patriot Party. According to the journal, it's unclear how serious the outgoing president is about starting a new party. The outlet noted that Trump's wide base of supporters was not heavily involved in the Republican Party before Trump became the party's 2016 nominee. Speculation has grown as to whether Trump will run for the presidency again in 2024. If he did, it could effectively exclude other viable Republican candidates from pursuing the presidency. Traditionally, third parties have failed to gain momentum to challenge the Democratic and Republican parties. That's true. But we did see a tremendous showing for Ross Perot in the 90s. I only vaguely remember some of it because I was a little kid. But uh, he didn't do that bad. He, he did fairly well. He ran twice. I think his first run was better. I think this is our opportunity to shatter the two-party system. And we desperately need this. We do. It'll open the door to other parties. Maybe the Green Party will start to rise. Maybe the Liber- Libertarian Party will start to rise. We just need someone like Trump to lead the people and say, do it. Will he? I don't know. They say the endeavor would likely be strongly opposed by Republican leadership, as it would be seen as Trump siphoning off support for other Republican candidates. So what? The Republicans didn't have his back. Why should Trump supporters have the back of the Republican Party? For that matter, why do progressives back the Democrats? Don't ask me. 
ever since he lost the election. Trump's future after the White House has been brought into question. In November, Axios reported that Trump's allies were looking to buy into conservative news network Newsmax in order to compete with Fox News. However, Newsmax chief executive officer Chris Ruddy denied that such discussions were occurring. Trump's future endeavors in D.C. are likely to face challenges. His Senate impeachment trial is set to take place after he leaves office. An outgoing Senate majority leader, Mitch McConnell, has not yet decided whether he will vote to convict Trump. McConnell on Tuesday blamed Trump for provoking the violent crowd at the Capitol. Democratic lawmakers have called for Trump to be barred from running for federal office in the future. On Tuesday, Rep. Nakema Williams introduced legislation to ban Trump from entering the U.S. Capitol after his presidency ends on Wednesday. And if he is convicted in the impeachment, Trump will not be able to run. My friends, the QAnon stuff, the conspiracy stuff has fallen apart. Some of the staunchest proponents and those who are actually running some of these forums have come out and said it's over. There are a lot of people who are mad at me because I was saying that Donald Trump had lost. A lot of Trump supporters were mad. I am not here to blow smoke. I am not here to lie to you and tell you what you want to hear. That is not what I do, and it never will be. And there are a lot of people who did that, and now you're waking up to realize they were wrong. Obviously, most of the people who watch me, I think, are willing to accept they'll disagree with me or that, you know, these conspiracy theories were totally incorrect. But there was a decent amount of people who unsubbed or left, you know, emails and said, you're wrong. Trump will be president. Joe Biden will never be president. And here we are. Because what people didn't realize is that Trump was not just trying to win an election. He was going up against the establishment. And there was no Q team. There was no secret group of heroes fighting behind the scenes to save Trump. In fact, it was quite the obvious. I mean, quite the opposite, obviously. We saw the videos from Project Veritas over the past several years. Employees in the government were talking about actively opposing the Trump administration. Trump's administration was rife with infighting and people being fired. And his first two, first two years were actually not that great. I mean, he, he had some successes. Trump supporters were fairly happy with the security uh, uh, you know, that Trump brought to the southern border, repairing and expanding on, certain, uh, on parts of the, uh, of the border, border wall and dealing with caravans and, and refugees and, 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 uh, and immigration. In the last two years, I praised Trump for his efforts in more recently the peace agreements and the economy and trying to get our troops out of the Middle East, stopping the, the critical race theory stuff. And I will always defend that I stood up for those things because those are what I believe in. Trump wasn't able to pull it off, and I'm very angry he didn't pardon Assange. But there, there, there were so many people saying things like trust the plan, and it was just ramping up in, in, in recent history. And now there are many of these people who believed in these conspiracies shocked that Trump actually just voluntarily got in the Marine One, flew to Joint, Joint Base Andrews, said goodbye, and flew to Florida. And that was it. They were lied to. You were lied to by people who were just telling you what you wanted to hear because they were getting supporters, because they were getting money. And that's not reality. Now, in this new administration, we'll see how things play out. I think a lot of these people followed my content because I was often in the position of saying Trump is not that bad and the media is lying about him. But when it comes to what was actually going to go down, I'm not going to, you know, with the election and the inauguration, I'm not just going to make things up. I'm going to try and be as rational as possible. And these conspiracies just weren't reality. Now, I want to give a shout out real quick to Cameron Kasky with one of the best tweets I've seen so far. He said, OK, let's try not to do war crimes this time. Excited for this tweet not to age well. Bravo, good sir. I uh, greatly respect this tweet. I think it's fantastic. Yes, we can expect more war crimes from Joe Biden. 
And I'll throw it to my good friend, Cassandra Fairbanks. And I mean that literally, Cassandra's a good friend. She's awesome. She says, so now what? The GOP sucks and not only didn't fight for Trump, they blackmailed him over a pardon for Julian. Are we supposed to root for them? Biden and Kamala are train wrecks. But do we even have politicians to actually challenge them? Pretty sure it will all just be for show. Yes. And that's why I think a third party is the only path forward. You need honest individuals, but you got to be careful. So many of these conspiracy fringe right grifters are just looking to make a quick buck. Now, it's the same is true for the left. Russia, ooh, Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton now calling for a commission to investigate Putin's involvement in the Capitol riot. Oh, just shut up, man. That's why I liked what Biden said about the uncivil war and calming things down. Fine, I'll take it. I don't like Biden. But like I said, Rashida Tlaib came out and said, we cannot allow the expansion of national security powers in the wake of the Capitol. And I say, yes, 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 I agree. I'll take the win. I will agree with you if it does good things for this country. If Joe Biden says everyone needs to calm down, I'll say yes, please. Now, I understand a lot of people are angry. They don't want to. They don't want to because they're like Joe Biden. After everything the Democrats did, Joe Biden's staff bailing out rioters, Kamala Harris literally soliciting donations to bail out the rioters. Yes, it's all awful. We hold them accountable but we do need to simmer down to stop any potential for serious violence. We don't want to go that direction. We want to win the hearts and minds of people and build confidence. And then we will hold them accountable and challenge them on the things they did. The problem we have now is, well, the media in this country is just absolutely full of it. They're going to, they're, they're already, uh, uh, they're, look, there was one tweet where they were like, Lady Gaga began singing and then the sky, the clouds broke and the sunlight shone down along among the flags. And it's like, just stop. And then people are tweeting like God is showing us he is here. And I'm like, oh, geez, sometimes it rains. It was cloudy and then it was not cloudy. Please. It's just it's a normal thing. It wasn't divine providence. Joe Biden has become president and everyone needs to calm down. The problem is what we're seeing from the media is like North Korean level propaganda praising Joe Biden. Oh, he saved us. I'm crying. I'm not. I'm not laughing. I'm not crying. I laughed. Well, I was laughed. I laughed when Trump won. I laughed a bit less when Biden won. But I laughed at the absurdity of this old man, the oldest president we've ever had campaigning from his basement, if you can even call it that. No one showing up to his rallies and he wins. He won because people because Trump was up against the machine and the media. And it was tough. I think there's things Trump could have done to win. And there there are some issues that haven't been adjudicated properly, in my opinion. We'll see if anything ever comes to that. But I doubt it. I really do. The big question now is how the media will react with without their punching bag, Donald Trump. Mike Cernovich makes a good point. He says media ratings aren't going to collapse as some conservatives hope. The country is going into full on show trial mode as otherwise clueless rubes are held out as great traitors to the regime. In addition, media will induce daily panic attacks on terrorism. Big money in that. It's true. Glenn Greenwald said something similar, that the war on terror is basically coming here to domestic United States. Why? Because the media will not give up. They made so much money. It was glorious during the Trump era. The grifting was sweet. And you think they want to let that go? They don't. Now, me, I got no problem producing less content. I've got no problem telling you the Q stuff was fake nonsense. And I have no problem telling the people who believe that I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry you believe that. I'm sorry they lied to you. The media, on the other hand, will not give up. The Russian narrative, they will not give up. They're bringing it back. Pelosi and Hillary will not give it up. AOC is still demagoguing. She will not give it up. Why? It is lucrative. Now, as for the Q people and the people on the right telling you that you had to trust the plan, well, they had no choice. The plan hit a brick wall. Some people have actually posted claiming Joe Biden is actually signing a deal with Trump because he's really in on it now. No, no, no. Mike Cernovich brings up another point. He says we're already seeing preludes of this coverage. Today, it was reported the Supreme Court was evacuated. Nope. That's right. And I tweeted that, too. I saw journalists blue check saying they were evacuating the Supreme Court over a bomb threat. Didn't happen. They said that there was a, a, a false alarm. Someone called it. in. I think they checked the building and nobody was evacuated. Everything was fine. But the narrative is just too juicy to let go. I mean, look, even I fell for it. Even I tweeted it. I said, come on, can we just get through this day, please? Cernovich says, day or two ago, all of D.C. was evacuated due to terrorism. Was a small fire in a homeless camp. Post-Trump ratings won't fall. The new targets? You. I think so. I, 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 think, I think so. 74 million people voted for Trump. The media is now looking for a target. And they call it Trumpism. They're going after everybody who found their way into that capital, and they're acting like what happened at the Capitol was the War of 1812 with British troops raising the White House, storming the Capitol. Come on. That's just not not what happened. We have this story from the Huffington Post. The feds arrest Proud Boy member Joe Biggs over Capitol riot. The right wing media figure denied to FBI agents that he was involved in any planning of the for the attack on the Capitol, but admitted entering the building. You see, According to Biggs, the door was open and people were just walking inside. And that's true. There's videos of people peacefully walking between the velvet ropes. And many even leftists were joking about it. The, the insurgent insurrectionists respecting the velvet ropes. There were a bunch of dumb people doing dumb things. And there were people storming, like charging and storming through the front entrance. Police were pushing back. People were yelling. It was crazy. And a woman was shot and killed. Ultimately, five people died. There was I don't, I don't know if insurrection is the right word. The media loves using it. But come on, storming a building won't change the government. It had zero percent chance of doing anything meaningful in changing the government. None whatsoever. None. Like even if they were managed to take Congress hostage, nothing would have happened because there's lines of succession and the American people would say no. And the security apparatus would not allow that to be to, to, to actually take place. Now, if the National Guard made moves or members of the actual government were doing things, then you get problems. When we see, say, the Republicans refusing to follow the new rules of the metal detectors and Democrats saying, oh, no, the Republicans are going to kill them. That's when things get scary. But as for the storming of the Capitol, in many instances, the doors were just opened up. There's videos. You can go watch them. The doors were just open. And the cops are like nodding and saying, oh, I disagree, but I agree with your right to protest. What of these people who had no idea what was going on and were just there and the doors were open and they were allowed in? They didn't know. There's another video that's going viral now of a man with a MAGA hat yelling at cops saying, call for backup. Why aren't you doing anything? This is the Capitol begging these cops to stop it. The point is, whatever happened at the Capitol was a security failure. But American citizens angrily storming the Capitol and a large portion of them bumbling and bewildered is not the War of 1812 British soldiers storming in and burning down our buildings. The media wants it to be. They need it to be. 
to justify everything they claimed about Trump. And that was the gift they were given when the police didn't do their job, when the police opened the doors and let these people in. Now, I understand many of these officers did try to stop some of these groups, and one officer lost his life doing so. And that's abhorrent, disgusting, and psychotic of the people who ended up killing this guy. But many of the cops did let them in. This was a failure on many levels. There were even some active duty uh, service members who were arrested. A few cops were suspended and are under investigation for taking selfies with people, opening the door and letting them in. It was a security failure. I wouldn't call it an insurrection. You know, I guess you can call it attempted, but there was 0% chance they were going to do anything. So the next target will be you. They'll claim those of you who oppose critical race theory, uh, like people like me, are a threat. They'll call it Trumpism. That's what they've already been doing. They'll call for truth and reconciliation. They'll call for military tribunals. They've already done these things. People act like my predictions are some far off crazy theory when it already happened. Now, as much as the lefties like to take clips of me out of context and say, ah, he was wrong. I've been saying since what, November 7th, not even, probably not even the 7th, that Joe Biden won. The one thing I said was at least they lost ground to a certain degree. And at least Republicans were able to claim state houses uh, or I should say state house seats, which means they'll be able to redistrict. And then 2022, it's possible Republicans take back the House. Maybe or maybe it's time we have another party. I hope I hope Trump does this. I hope we see new people win and run on a new ticket. I look. A lot of people say, yeah, but then you'll lose the Democrats. So what? Why would you support the Republican Party, the crony establishment elites, at least vote for a third party so you know you stood firm and said, I will not give you my voice, give you my power. Think about what this means. If we had three parties in Congress, like maybe we only get 14 seats that are the new Patriot Party. But then you will start to see coalitions on things that matter. We desperately need this. Think about it. Let's say there's a bill that would uh, repeal finally the Patriot Act and national security powers. And the Republicans and Democrats are fighting and don't want to give in. And now you have a contingent of a third party saying we will side with whoever rescinds this. That's how we find a bridge to get rid of a lot of the problems that the government has created. The, the, the FISA spying, the national security nonsense, the wars. Imagine having a political party that always voted no on foreign intervention. Oh, wouldn't that be great? It would be absolutely fantastic. Maybe a lot of people can vote libertarian. Maybe a lot of people don't believe that's a good path. Maybe if Trump comes out and says, this is our chance, do not retreat, do not give up, vote Patriot Party, do it. This is the opportunity. Maybe you'll lose. But you know what? For me, I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. Now, listen, I've never been a big fan of Republicans, never voted for them. Uh, uh, it, well, I voted for him in the last election because it was what the Democrats were doing was nuts. But I'm not a fan of the Republicans. I knew a bit about those who were running enough to where I was like, I'll take it, I guess. The issue was you give the Democrats the, the House and the Senate. And what happens? They waste time with impeachment nonsense because they were foaming at the mouth. Just crazy. And I thought we, we, we need some kind of stability. I voted for Trump for the reasons I expressed earlier. Critical race theory, the good economy, pulling our troops out of the Middle East, trying to at least, and the Abraham Accords. These are, these are look, it's, foreign policy has always been my biggest thing. I've talked about it for years, what I care about the most. 
And Trump's far from perfect, but Joe Biden's so much worse. I don't like voting for the lesser of two evils, but you know, I accepted the critical race theory stuff because I think wokeness is a very serious problem. It's a cult that doesn't work. It makes everything worse. Where do we go from here? Persuasion, resourcefulness, all done in a peaceful manner to build the confidence of, of people. I've told you all this before. During Occupy Wall Street, you'd see them, these, 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 these lefties smash a bank window. And I would tell them, do you think you've hurt the bank at all? No. The bank will now just spend a few thousand dollars to fix the window. And then what? The person who works there wakes up one day for their $35,000 a year job and says, why is there glass all over my floor? Why can't I sit down and use my computer and do my job? The guy who works at Starbucks, he's like, I don't understand why they did this. Now I can't work. I'm just trying to pay my bills. They don't get it. The violence doesn't solve anything. You know, it does. Imagine how terrified the banks would be if you put on a pair of khakis and tucked in a polo shirt and stood outside the bank with a little clipboard and just smiled, shook the hands of people and said, not going to waste your time. I just want to give you this brochure about credit unions, nonprofit banking institutions where they often protect you from overdraft fees and reinvest the money they make back into the community. That's all you got to do. And if one person every day switched their average savings over, you would cause so much more damage to those banks. That's what needed to be done. Instead, they smashed the window and did nothing but hurt their own cause. And that's where we are now. Putting on a nice pair of slacks and some khakis and shaking the hand of, of somebody and saying, listen, the establishment elites don't care about you. We don't want chaos. We don't want conflict. We just want you to be able to feed your kids, to make a better life for them. To, for you to be able to pursue your dreams. And we're going to do that with a new political party. And if you only convert one or two people, that's the first step in the process. I hope that's what happens. I really, really do. I won't, I, I don't agree with everything Trump does. And I certainly don't agree with if there was a Patriot Party, which was populist right-wing individuals, I probably wouldn't agree all that much. But I believe it would be tremendously healthy for our country to help simmer things down and create a new party that could help create some kind of unity. Because I'll tell you this, there were instances where Democrats and Republicans came together. You got AOC and Ted Cruz talking about stopping lobbying. Well, Trump rescinded that executive order, stopping lobbying or whatever. Fine, sure. Drain the swamp, he said. But listen, let's say there's some garbage national, national security provision and the Republicans and Democrats both want it. But then the Republicans and Democrats also want something and they need a coalition because of the Patriot Party. Both sides don't have the full power they would need and would have to negotiate with this Patriot Party. They would then say, we will not allow the passing passing of this national security bill. Some Democrats would agree. Some Republicans would agree. And then they would say, if you want us on board with your bill, you must prevent this bill. That's what we see in many parliamentary processes in other countries. With two parties, it's just the party whip says you do the vote as we say, do it or else if you want our funds. We must challenge this system and make a change in this country in a peaceful, persuasive and resourceful way. The Trump era is far from over, my friends, because the Trump supporters aren't going to just give up. They're still here. Many are probably angry about all the Q stuff for sure. Now is the time to strategize, to figure out what your next moves will be and what you will do in 2022. The Republican Party, I do not believe, is the path forward for most Trump supporters because they don't like you. They'll lie, they'll cheat, and they'll, they'll steal. The establishment just wants the keys to the castle. I don't know if the Libertarian Party, the Green Party, or the Patriot Party will be the answer, but I'll tell you this, third party, please, some other party, 
find something to to coalesce around. And that will tremendously help what's with what's going on in this country. It's difficult. It really is. I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers, but I will make this promise. I'm not going to just tell you what you want to hear. That's not what I'll do. I'm going to tell you what I think and what I feel, and some people won't like it, and they'll unsubscribe and stop following me because of it. So be it. That's all I can say. I'll try to be, to the best of my ability, consistent and true to my principles and integrity. And sometimes those opinions will change and my views will change. Look, I didn't have any guns a year ago, and I got a lot of guns. And uh, I actually have been going to the range and target shooting and quite enjoy it because, you know, some things change our perspectives. But I've grown up as a staunch believer in freedom. I was a young leftist anarchist when I was younger and became much more center and kind of liberal, but I'm still very much on the libertarian spectrum. I believe in freedom and individual liberties and rights, and that's what must be protected. The Republicans and Democrats won't do that. They've never done that. I should say rarely do they do that. I'll agree with them and support them when they do, but for the most part, I don't think they will. We need something else. The Libertarian Party also doesn't necessarily have it, but this is why I just didn't vote up until, you know, I voted in 2008, I voted in 2016. I'm sorry, I voted in 2008 and 2020. Twelve-year gap. Give me a good alternative. I'm going to be more active. I'll be honest. I'm probably going to uh, uh, vote in 2022, but I don't think I'll vote Republican or Democrat. I'm going to keep voting and I'm going to vote for people who speak to me and actually want to do the right thing. And if we lose, so be it. At least I will know that I stood atop my hill, planted my flag and said I did what I could for what I believed in. You will not see me in the future lining up behind someone else's army because I'm scared of the other one. I'm going to say, nah, that's on you. You don't have to agree with me. You can disagree with me. You can comment and call me a moron because certainly many people do and I get things wrong. And I'll continue to just give you my thoughts and my, my feelings on these issues. So I'll leave it there. Next segment will be coming up tonight at 8 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Jack Murphy will be joining us as we have a sort of postmortem on the Trump administration and where we go from here. And I imagine it'll be, you know, an interesting conversation because Jack Murphy wrote the book, Democrat to Deplorable, why people switched from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. And I'm curious what he thinks will happen next, where these people will move to. Thanks for hanging out. I will see you all at 8 p.m. youtube.com slash timcastirl. Until then, adios.